Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comics Evolve, where we discuss all things around comics, media, culture, with your hosts, Andy, Jarian, and Alex. Welcome to Comics Evolve, myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Straub. And I have missed you guys and that intro. It has been a long time. I'm really happy to be back. It's been, um, it must have been four or five weeks since uh, the three of us have been live on together. Um, I saw you guys on last week. I had a, I didn't have a technical hitch last week. I had a, I had a child hitch last week. That was the problem last week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how are you, Alex? All right? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I've been, uh, I've actually been saving this until you got back on. Got another Funko. Got Captain Planet. Um, absolutely that. love this Funko. It is. Yeah, I mean, like, they did such a great job with this Funko, and as soon as I saw it in the store, I was like, I quit buying Funkos, but as soon as I saw this one, I knew I was going to buy it, and I was like, there it is, I just took it right off the shelf, and, you know, so got I, I, think, I think that's the idea as well now, like, you know, now you've gone through that whole collecting thing, I'm in the same phase now, you know, I'm not just buying everything and anything that I see, it's very selective, you know, if I see something, like, oh, I really like that, I've got to have that. Well, and you know, what's funny is, is this is one of those where like, suddenly I'm like, well, now I have to have the set because I need, I need all the Planeteers, right? Like I need all of them. So like, I'm like, oh no. So like now I'm like, <laughs> I guess I'll be buying those now too at some point. So, you know. <laughs> uh, too, too bad they don't, they don't have the, uh, um, uh, what's his, uh, Don Cheadle version of that pop. That would be <laughs> so funny. I thought that was Don Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason why Alex bought it. Um, <laughs> Jared, how are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Back from my travels around, and you know it's been uh, a stressful couple of days, but it's all coming out good so far. So just happy to be here and back with the group. Yeah, that's it. Exactly, that's it. Back, back to back to where we belong. Back to what we like doing. Yeah, I've had my holiday and all sorts of stuff and football stuff, and it's been crazy. But um, yeah, back to it now. Um, I finished my Game of Thrones rewatch. How was that done? Yeah, it was it was immense. Do you know what? I think I enjoyed it better second time around. And the and I tell you what, um, the seventh season got a lot of flack from mm -hmm. fans, and I understand why. And still on a second watch, I understand why. But on my first watch, I probably didn't like it as much as what I liked it on my second watch. I think the expectation had gone, and I enjoyed it more on the second watch. Um, there were elements of it which I can see, I can still see why it picks up flack. But um, actually, I, I, I think I enjoyed it more, the this, this seventh season, on the second watch. And then I watched all the House of Dragons stuff as well. So uh, that was fun. And then I got right, I get right into it. I'm looking at the family trees and I'm looking at the history and I just go crazy with it. But uh, yeah, it's been really, that's been quite entertaining, to be fair. I quite enjoyed that. But, Do you um, want to know what uh, I rewatched recently? I rewatched all 16 seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Wow. Yeah. How many episodes a season? Uh, it depends on the season, but there's at least in the double digits episode, probably 20 in some seasons. Yeah. There, you know, yeah. like, man, Listen, you haven't really been on your travels. Have you just been watching? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, wow. That's an undertaking, isn't it? Yeah. And, and Shackman has been involved with that series. So he's directed it and helped out with it. So it was to see that, uh, if they pull anyone or any ideas into Fantastic Four from that. So, cause I know that a lot of people wanted Glenn Howerton to be Reed Richards, you know, and I could see it. He could do the Dennis Anderson system to, uh, to sue, <laughs> um, it, but, uh, 
It's so funny. Yeah. That show always makes me think of like Seinfeld, but like a worse version. Like yeah. how bad can the friends be to each other as friends? You know, like because they are always just like sticking it to one another. So brilliant. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Loki tonight. Season two is coming out in well next week. Actually, or is it the week after next week? It's on the fifth because they re they changed the day, didn't they? They're going to bring it out late at night. Yes, I actually have the. That's my one new thing for Loki. So I'll just do it now. It will premiere on October fifth at six p.m. PST, so Pacific Standard Time, instead of October sixth. So basically, what happens is it looks like uh, from the Ashoka releases, who have been doing Tuesday uh, evenings. Uh, is a lot better than the early crack of dawn mornings uh, for the show release. So it looks like that has rubbed off and it's going to follow with Loki. So there you go. Very cool. Yeah. And and it's what, like two weeks from tomorrow? Yep. That it will be releasing? Yep. So, yeah. So we're going to have a good chat about Loki today. Um, we'll obviously cover off a, a few little bits and pieces uh, on the news. Um, and I know, Alex, you've been popping out some posts on the group haven't you about loki and trying to get some some feedback and some ideas from from some of the group members so let's go straight to you and, and what we what have we been talking about on the group for the last week or so about loki so i mean honestly um i feel like a couple of things that i feel like stand out from the first season is sylvie you know in this in this trailer we see sylvie she's in a mcdonald's you know um which is kind of funny but i mean like it almost seems like you know at the end of season one we didn't really see what happened to her we just know that she kind of got like probably chewed up and spit out of the tva but we just don't know like where she ended up and this trailer doesn't really tell us anything you know it kind of leaves that idea that maybe she's uh she's on the run maybe she's like um you know maybe somebody came and ousted her um or even just the fact of like uh you know maybe she's uh, been stranded there you know that could also be another thing um and she can't escape that year that she is or or whatever you know um so yeah i mean i think that's a really big one and i think a lot of people are asking that question of like where is sylvie right now going into loki and what what happened to her at the end of season one leading into season two she was such a popular character wasn't she that i think you know, people want to know that answer. You know, sometimes when there's loose ends in not just Marvel projects, but any any sort of fandom, there's loose ends, and it's not about a character that people have really adhered to. People can kind of just brush it under the carpet and move on. But with a character like Sylvie, people are like, oh, we want more Sylvie, so we we need to know exactly what's happened to her. Um, but I think we're going to find some answers out pretty early doors in this next season of Loki. It seems like they're going to jump straight back into um, Sylvie's story as well as every other character's story. So that, that should be good. Yeah, I'm either thinking that she got banished um, or she's a witness protection program with the TVA. Maybe Loki maybe Loki slash uh, Mobius kind of hit her out in there. Just uh, maybe, I, Actually, I don't think it's Loki. I think maybe Mobius might have hit her out there to protect her from either he who remains the earlier self or another variant. Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean like i think rmc made a good point like maybe like she's looking for like some sense of normalcy like she <laughs> like after all that she's just like uh-oh like i really stepped in it i'm got way over my head and now i'm just going back to like you know to be insignificant and disappear for a while and i really like that because like i feel like for her 
you know, like it kind of like was almost the end of her journey because she felt totally. so betrayed for the TVA. And then like once like she ends the journey, it's like, well, what do we do now? You know, like That's exactly and- what I was going to say. That was that the end of Loki season one was kind of she completed her mission. That's yep. what she wanted to do. She wanted to get to the end of time and, you know, kill whoever sat on the chair. I think she actually even said those words. Mm-hmm. And so she completed her mission. Like you said, she wants to, it's almost like retirement. She's like retired to work in McDonald's, like you said, for that normal life. Yeah. And I think it almost gives her like a a real sense of like humanism. Like she's just like, you know, trying to go back to be like a regular person and trying to get to some semblance of maybe her life because like everything was taken from her by the TBA. So now that she's like gotten her revenge, so we'll say like, you know, she doesn't really have anything to go back to. So... Like, I mean, she can kind of start fresh wherever. So maybe she is starting fresh. Maybe she's not, you know. I could think of better places to start fresh than McDonald's, though. <laughs> That's true. Maybe um, Sizzler? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, and Matt Parker actually brought up um, on one of those posts um, that, you know, about Ravona and how he thought that, like, Ravona Renslayer still might be, like, somewhere behind the curtain pulling the strings with all that um so maybe ravona plays a part and you know that was sylvie um maybe she was you know she goes away at the end of season one she disappears we don't know where she goes and now we know sylvie's in a strange place so maybe she went and got somebody who came in and removed sylvie or something you know? yeah it'd be interesting to find out if one where did she go and then who was she talking to and then have we seen her in any of the trailers i'm i'm drawing a blank on that i don't think we've seen her yet in any of the promotion for the ser- for the season two I'm not sure. No, I don't think we have. I don't think we have. I'll, it would be amazing if we don't see her. Surely we've got a, they've got a touch on her story a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we have seen her. Um, and what's weird too is is like, you know, Ravona's a big part of Kang's story. Um, yeah. so like, I feel like they wouldn't have just introduced her to not have her come back in season two. I feel like she plays some major part in this. Um, good. Didn't we see her at the World's Fair on the early one of the trailers though? I thought like in with Vicar Timely. Yeah, I think you're right about I that. Thought that's when we might have seen her. Maybe that's the time she's from, and that's where he pruned her. Because didn't she mention being a school teacher or something? Mm-hmm. Or not pruned her, but recruited her to the TVA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's another interesting one, too, is Victor Timely, right? Like, um, you know, obviously he's introducing some device at the World's Fair. Um, don't really know what that is. We don't really, we can take some guesses. I mean, it's obviously going to be something to do with time travel and the multiverse and all of that. Um, but, I mean, it almost looks like that might be the beginnings of the TVA. Like, you know, this might be, like, the prime variant, if you will, like, one of the first ones that maybe started time travel and i mean maybe even created miss minutes because we see like a different miss minutes in that yep that looks like that might be the the beginning of miss minutes because of that what we said that shot in the trailer that we saw and uh on kang i was um there's a lot of literature out there at the moment that says that those three variants of kang are going to be <clears throat> you know the big bads going forward so immortus scarlet centurion and um that yeah Ramatat. So I wonder whether we're going to see, we're obviously going to see a bit of Kang and different vari- variants of him in this show. I wonder if we'll see either, for, either of those three variants. 
And and I love that shot in the trailer because, you know, like they made that joke the first season about the three space lizards being in charge of the TVA. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I find that funny because I feel like the three space lizards, we'll call them, are actually, you know, the three, you know, of the Kang Council that we saw. And you see that shot in the trailer where Loki walks up and he prunes the wall, right? And it's got like the three of them, I think, on the wall. And when he prunes it, you see Kang's face. And it almost, like, leads me to believe that, like, when He Who Remains was killed, Kang the Conqueror came in, got in, was there, like, incredibly briefly, and then the Council of Kangs came in and ousted him, yep. and threw him out and sent him to the Quantum Realm, and now they're in charge of the TVA, yep. yep. you know? Yep, and that, that um, the Space Lizards thing, and uh, the, the free variants of Kang... I love that because that quite that happens in history quite a lot, doesn't it? Like um, it's like Chinese whispers, like things get distorted, and the story gets um, watered down, and then people sort of just make up their own truth in the end. And it's like actually, when you can see, if you could see back in time, like we can, you know, within this show, you'll see that actually it wasn't free space lizards; it was you know Roman Tart, Scarlet Centurion, and um, <laughs> I forgot the other one now, Immortus. Um, so yeah. It was those three, and over time, it's got diluted to they're just free space lizards. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I yes, yeah. I almost right there. Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say, and I and I actually think that like I feel like it's almost like you can kind of control the narrative with that too, you know. So they can kind of like hide behind like it's like oh, there's these three people that are in charge of the TVA, but it's not the actual three people you think. It's almost like puppets, but they're yeah. not real, you know. And we kind of saw that in the first season with the, like, uh, robotic beings that they had sitting up there that were supposedly in charge that Loki and Sylvie saw yeah. that turned out to just be fake and not be pulling the strings at all, so. I was say, I just think, about it. I wonder if Rick Ravonna went back to see with her timely when she went to that door and left the shoe and back to her time, back to see him to kind of warn him, and that's why they kind of end up following her, you know, figure out where she went, and they go back there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe they find out that history or something like that. Also, too, it, it does sound like Jonathan Majors uh, will still be a lot in this series, in that we're going to get uh, other glimpses of he remains during this. I don't know if it's flashbacks or, or you know, can, you know, filling gaps in the story or what. But we are going to get more he remains in season two. And and Matt made a really good um, point in one of his comments too about Ravona says she's going looking for free will. And if she could go back to the beginning of, say, maybe the person who creates the tech that starts the TVA and everything, that would be a great way to find free will. Because, exactly. like, you know, if you could, like, almost cut it off at its head or mm -hmm. go back to the beginning and maybe change some things, maybe she could get herself in a better position. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My roadie choking me. But, yeah, I mean, like, I, I totally think that it's one of those things where, like, we can totally be looking at, like, a situation where Loki, Mobius, Ravona, everybody's, like, in the past where Victor Timely is at the World's Fair all trying to get to what they think is the one point to where everything all starts and yep. you know that could lead to the tech that maybe like because you don't have it doesn't have to be the same variant but maybe this is the variant that even had like he who remains like build tech off of to harness a and stuff like that you know so or what if what if it's the same person what a bigger timely is he who remains 
yeah, he could be like a younger variant of mm-hmm. of he who remains, and he who remains could just be like the older retired version or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like I I don't really know how to say other than like you know just the really old old version of him. You know. Speaking of uh, Jonathan Majors, have either of you seen Creed three? No. Okay, I, I was just gonna say that his fighting style in in some of the the tones in Creed three are kind of similar to the tones in Quantumania, and his fighting style seems to be like like I I watched uh, Creed three was on the airplane, and I you definitely see some parallels between how he played that role in Creed three to how he plays Kang in Quantumania. He's certainly he's certainly a harder sort of version of Kang, isn't he? The one that mm-hmm. was there. You know, mm-hmm. the he, he who remains one seems like he's lost his mind a little yep. bit. Been bad long too long. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the, the conqueror version that we saw in Quantum Mania, he's very battle uh, worn, isn't he? You know, he's a mm-hmm. um, he's a mean guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Go, go watch Creed three because you can see the trickery that he pulls. Okay, like he pulled with um, uh, Janet when he helped when she helped rebuild his chair. You see that similar trickery, that similar kind of style. So yeah, if, if you get a chance, go watch read three because you can see a lot of that in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was definitely I felt like in Quantum Mania as Kang the Conqueror, like incredibly more physical than I thought that he would be like as Kang. And what I mean by that is is like as Kang, like he was literally straight up throwing punches and kicks and like fighting and like not not that I have a problem with it. I was just saying like you know it's one of those things where like I was very surprised with like how physically fighting like jonathan majors was in that movie and i like i think you hit the nail right on the head andy when you said that he's like definitely more of a brutal version of that from that perspective very hands-on and i still don't think that he met his demise in quantum mania oh no i think that's all trickery i don't even think scott and hope got back to their proper timeline you know uh, there's something going on there it's almost like he used that time to trick scott but also to to trick the council that way he can get himself out because they put him there. So I think we'll see that. And I think maybe some hints in Loki season two, or that's what's going to be part of the King dynasty. And I feel like since this is an Ant-Man franchise that this happened in, I mean, the first movie, they talk about how Janet Van Dyne basically went, you know, like subatomic disappears, whatever. This is kind of the same situation, right? Like he just basically just got sucked in, disappears. Everybody's like, all right, I guess he's gone and he can Mm -hmm. totally come back, you know? kind of like and it's a nice little bookend i think on both ends where like we've seen it once with janet who was in the quantum realm with him and that's the reason why like she was there and then you know like they can kind of like play this off of like she knows about him they defeat him and then that happens to him and he goes like even further down into the quantum yeah realm or something or into the- that or he's stuck in a probability storm and they end up needing him to defeat the council because the enemy of my enemy is my friend Mm-hmm. type scenario from the King um, Dynasty. Firstly, high nostalgic Poblas, we can see you. I mean, you're saying hello. Um, secondly, I'm interested to see more of Loki's, like you can, using Loki's power. It mm-hmm. looks great in the trailers when he's using his power. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested to see that again, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't think we've, we saw a little bit of it in, in the first um, season of it. But other than that, we haven't really seen a great deal of it before, have we? So, um, you know, to see him doing more fighting, I'm interested to see that. Mm-hmm. I'm also just to see too if we're going to see more variants again of, of Loki, like we did in season one in the mm-hmm. Void. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what happened after Eliath was was taken down and he remains, what happened to them? Because a lot of them are still there. So mm-hmm. they get sent back and are they still there? You know, what's going on with them? Or does he need them to help to help whatever quest he's on in season two to get some things done? Yeah, and, and I really like what they've done with Loki in this season two where it looks like he goes right back to the TVA and it's like season two starts where he's almost in the same exact position that he was in at the beginning of season one where he's like going through the cycle now of being a part of the TVA and learning like, you know, they all think that he's just like somebody probably that maybe doesn't, he he's not really supposed to be there. There seems like, it seems like something funky's going on there. And yeah, I mean, it's almost like he went right back. It's like a snake eating its own tail. It's like he just went right back, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I really like what they did with that, I think, leading into the season. There's, we've got this uh, the time slipping thing as well, you know, where he, he does that funny sort of move. Time distortion. Time, yeah. That like, in, like in Across the Spider-Verse, similar to that. Yeah, like glitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's that? What's that all about? Where does where's that going to leave him? You know, how are they going to solve that? Because that's um, um, the little lad from me. Well, he's not a little lad. He's like older than me. <laughs> but the guy, the, the the guy from Indiana Jones. Um, I can't think of what his name is. Short round. Yeah, well, yeah, but I was trying to think of his actual name. <laughs> yeah. Our data. Uh, Kwai Kwai Kwan something. Yeah. 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 yeah he, I wonder. I wonder how much of him we're going to see as well. You know, because it looks yeah. like he's kind of responsible for working like out. I'm slipping. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It's a uh, uh, Kihei Kwan. Kihei Kwan, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'd be interested to see how many, how much a part he takes in the show as well. Great scene with him too. Like, I love that where Mobius is like, "Do you know what's going on here?" Like, "No, I don't." Like, "Do you know how to fix it?" No, I don't. Like, you know, like it's oh well. Like, yeah. You know. Uh, um, which which it seems like that happening to Loki is just something new that maybe they haven't seen in the TVA, which I think is a very interesting situation. Um, because, like, you know, after seeing Spider-Verse, I think he hit the nail right on the head. I think it is a very similar situation. Maybe it's like he just doesn't have his universe anymore and he has no anchor in the multiverse or something, you know? Yeah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder whether it's got something to do with that. Like you say, yeah, that's that's a really good idea, actually. Um, yeah, but seeing that being solved will be interesting. Um, is there anything we're missing in Loki that we'd like to see or anything that we, anything that we think we might be seeing that we haven't spoken about yet? Um, any, any larger ties into the, into this multiverse kind of, um, saga that we've got going on, you know, anything that we feel might lead into secret wars a little bit more. I think, uh, we might get some ties at Deadpool three, right? um, you know, I, I think that's going to tie in because it looks like from stuff that we've seen out there is that they're in the void. Uh, some things are going to happen in the void. It sounds like people might get pruned. So I won't be surprised if we get um, not probably see like a direct shot of Deadpool, but some kind of hint for Deadpool 3. It'd be great to see like in a season ending post credits to see uh, like Mobius and um, Loki at the beach and someone steals his jet ski. And then all of a sudden you just see like a red suit in the distance on a jet ski taking Mobius to jet ski. You know, mm-hmm. we, we think we're finally going to get the jet ski of Mobius moment, but we don't because Deadpool steals his jet ski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, um, cause it, uh, Owen Wilson has been, I think he's, he's actually confirmed mm-hmm. to be in Deadpool yep. 3, isn't he? For reports. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds like he's going to be in there. So, and we already some TVA in there as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the void in Deadpool 3 with um, the 20th Century Fox thing in the yeah. background, which, I mean, I honestly, I would love for them to throw that in the background. Like, they show the void briefly, and you just see it way off in a distance in Loki and just, like, tease us a little bit. Like, that's where, you know, Deadpool and Wolverine will be in the future, you know? Like, it'd be so cool, but... Um, I said that's brilliant, Adam. If, if that is in the void, I love that. I love the void. I just think that place is a brilliant place. I mean, all the stuff that we saw in the first season of Loki, that's in there you know the little the thanos copter and you know the um the uh, jackets uh helmet yeah tribunals held like a statue um and if obviously you know that there was um the big boat and all of these different things and a, and a big like random stuff from just all time i think what a great place that is there must be like a treasure trove of things from pop culture we love all of my stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was even that uh, that version of Stark Tower that was bought by yeah. Yeah. Enterprises, you yeah. know, like, so, I mean, it was nice seeing all that kind of stuff that they threw in there, and they would just do it, like, casually, right? Like, yeah. I think the one with, like, the, the Stark Tower in the background was, like, when Loki, like, finds himself there, and he looks up and he sees his variants, it's just, like, in the background behind them, you know, and it's just like, wow, dude, like, you're looking at them, you're looking at that, you're looking at them, you're looking at that, you know, like. Uh, and that is, that's like a perfect Easter egg as well, isn't it? It's like, we're just going to throw this in there. And if you see it, you see it. If you don't, it doesn't matter. It's not going to affect the story if you don't see it. That's that's, that's what you want from an Easter egg, you know? And then like, right after that, they're like, oh, yeah. And by the way, like, they sold Stark Tower. And you're like, oh, like, so this suddenly makes sense. Like, you know, like, is, is this like something from something in the future, you know? Because they could totally have just, like, Kang, like, another variant of Kang go and buy a Stark Tower and throw that in the MCU. And I feel like it would kind of just, it would fit, you know? Yeah. I, sure, I, sure. I don't think you'll have any Secret Wars ties other than getting some characters, possibly, like, in Lee the Deadpool 3. Um, but I think he'll probably give us some more seeds for Kang Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how this season ends. I feel like it almost has to lead up to Secret Wars, right? Like, I I don't imagine that we're going to get, like, a Loki Season 3, I feel like, before Secret Wars. Maybe we do, and I'm wrong, but I feel like with the pacing and where we're going and with the projects coming out and stuff like that, I feel like this probably ends with Loki in some place that sets him up to be, like, a big player in Secret Wars. Um, because, like, he's going to be trying to break out of this loop break out of this cycle and at the same time it's going to be like it's going to be in his interest as well as like the avengers to try and stop this situation and i think like he's actually probably had a little bit of a turn of art now so it'll be one of those things where like he's almost going at this from two angles one of vengeance because he's mad at kang and his variants but at the other side of like you know he's really kind of just like broken by the end of season one you know um, like he almost ends up in the the universe that's going to have battle world maybe or the some revenants of like where people that go to where incursions happen maybe and that's like the same universe of battle world but we don't see battle world mm. maybe you know along those lines maybe we get some kind of beyonder hint mm. um, but I, I almost feel like that that king dynasty and secret wars are kind of going to be on the lines of of Infinity War and Endgame where Dynasty is either they're going to establish the King Dynasty or it's going to be in the King Dynasty. Mm. Um, and then they're all going to lose and then they have to regroup and that's where Secret Wars happens where they win and come out and we have either a whole new MCU or 
whatever happens after Secret Wars. I mean, I know we're not talking about Secret Wars, but the more and more um, I think about Secret War and the longer and longer this goes on, I really do think it's going to be a, a pretty... We've, we've used the term soft reboot quite a lot. I think it's going to be a, quite a hard reboot, if I'm totally honest. The longer and longer this goes on, the harder and harder this reboot I feel like it's going to be. I mean, it's been it's been tw- it's nearly 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a long time. <laughs> but do you, do you think we need that kind of reboot, though? It's like, I don't want to go through and... And see the same story with Captain America and Iron Man. There's so many characters they can build on. We have the whole horror side and the monster verse they could build on mm-hmm. uh, of Marvel. I'm just like, you know, you got other characters out there that we could do. I kind of like the progression they've done now. The only way I could see a reboot happening is if they reboot it and the first film after that that establishes the new MCU is Fantastic Four. You know, mm-hmm. kick that off with the first family and start from there because. You could use the Fantastic Four and just like the comments to introduce so many characters through them going that way. If they did a full reboot, I would start there. Like I would even bring the Fantastic Four into Secret Wars or anything. Mm-hmm. Like maybe use the various other universes like we saw re-riches from E38. Maybe have a variant come in to help out, or you know, we see uh Sue uh or they one of the kids come in for Secret Wars for E38 to kind of do something. But a- as far as the complete four of them in that those stories i would just start there uh the first family reboot in the mcu if they do that i think i think we've got a few options for the reboot and i mean like i think a few of them have been kind of out in front of us um already one option is you know i like i think with the reboot it's kind of like acknowledging that the multiverse as we know it right now in the mcu is not going to be the same after like you know these upcoming movies and everything after secret wars and everything like some things are going to be changing you know and i think it'll be one of those things where like let's say the multiverse is destroyed right so i think that you could end up with battle world being like either in the quantum realm because the quantum realm is like the place in between like everything and it's just like everybody gets sucked there and it's just like everybody who survives is in the quantum realm or they could put everybody in the void and the void could be where battle world is because it's like you know at the end of everything it's like you know whatever kang's got a lie there maybe you know all kinds of stuff and then option number three is is they just do the thing where kang has basically like put things in the past like kamala khan's bangle like the ten rings and stuff like that and they go to like kill him at the end of this and he looks at them and he's like you realize like if you kill me then, like, the Ten Rings would have never gone back. Like, you know, like, I will never take these back in time. You will never have Tony Stark basically be in a cave building the arc reactor because the Ten ten Rings didn't, like, get him and put him in that cave. And all of this would have never happened had it would have not been for me. So, like, if you do this and you kill me, then it's all over for you and the universes, you know it, and the multiverses, you know it, will not be the same. Yeah, and that's going to be one of those moments where they're going to be like, "All right, well, let's do it. Like, let's let's go ahead and and it'll be like, we'll see you, and you know, everything's reset, and maybe some people like a Wolverine or somebody might remember remember it, you know, and that and that's that's reminiscent of uh, you know House of M, isn't it? That whole mm-hmm. situation there, um, and obviously in in Secret Wars, um, where uh, the, those the guys were on the Ark. I mean, it was like Reed's team were on the Ark, and they remember that it wasn't the way that doom recreated it mm. so yeah i like i like that idea that somebody remembers but will they will they then try and restore what was before 
Mm-hmm. One thing you could be thinking too, um, you mentioned uh, the quantum realm being used for battle or possibly or that kind of thing. What if where when King the Conqueror got defeated in Quantumania, he went to like the, they call it the beyond when he got shrunk down, that's where battle gets established. Maybe that's where we get the beyonder. And maybe he tricks the beyonder and that's how he starts establishing battle world and pulling people in uh, for that. I wonder if that could be a way to one kind of establish the beyonder, but then Kang end up with the beyonders power some way or some, yeah. something like that to start pulling people into that world. You could almost have Kang just like basically go into that quantum engine or whatever, become like pure quantum energy, be able to manipulate quantum energy yep. and be like the Beyonder and then pull everybody in, destroy all his variants and make Battle World. Yeah. And then it's one of those things where it's like, this is now my world. The multiverse is destroyed. I destroyed the multiverse. So there is no more of me. It is only me. It is only this mm-hmm. version of Kang. And, you know, whoever is here, you're lucky to be here kind of type of thing because, like, I brought you here. And they could do something like that, and I feel like that would be like, wow. Like, that would be an interesting way for them to do the King Dynasty, that he established that as the King Dynasty that way. And then he starts at the end of the King Dynasty. He's, like he said, the only variant left, kills everybody, pulls, starts pulling people in, and that's how we get Secret Wars for the second Avenger. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds pretty... That sounds pretty likely, actually, when you say it. And with a, a name like Kang Dynasty, too, I feel like that's where we get the explanation of, like, who started maybe the TVA, like, where this all, how we get from this to he who remains to, you know, Kang the Conqueror, maybe eventually to, like, the whole, like, order of how the transitions happen. And uh, are they actually might... going to use... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think we might get more history on the TVA in this second season yeah. of Loki. I think we might find the origins of that. And I think we've already sort of touched on it. That might be when they, you know, they go back to that World's Fair time. Um, mm-hmm. And that might be when, you know, they start that all up. Mm-hmm. And one thing I wanted, wondered too is that in season two or in King Dynasty or Secret Wars, are we actually going to hear the name Nathaniel Richards at all? Mm-hmm. Any reference yep. to that? That'd be interesting yep. too. That would. Mm-hmm. I, let, let me just throw one more thing out there. The multiversal war stuff that they talked about in season one with this whole thing with the multiverse and time travel, I think it's really interesting because there's a real possibility, and somebody brought this theory up, that that multiversal war that was referenced in season one is actually the one that's about to come and not one that's already happened. And I it, really like that well, idea. It has already happened to some Well, it has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the like point. Loop, you know, yeah. like, it's like it, playing... It wasn't the 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 Kree and the Skrulls mentioned in that war, or at least the Kree mentioned in that war about the multiversal world in season one when they did that. Wasn't like the Kree or somebody that we that we've already established a part of that war when they had I that, that, that animation sure they that drawing? Maybe the animation suggested it, but I don't know whether they said it. And and we saw the Scroll King in Quantumania, did we not? Like, so yeah. I mean, like uh, we know, like I feel like they're leaving the breadcrumbs almost for us. That, that's bit. why I wonder at the end of Secret Invasion when Fury talks about the Kree and the Scrolls coming to peace. I wonder if that's a further thing that could lead down to this, where something happened, the pieces to happen, and that's part of this whole grand scheme of war things. Mm-hmm. But no, I think you're right, Alex, and I think this is the multiversal war that that he who remains was talking about, and it just mm-hmm. it, it happened it happened for him thousands of years ago. It just hasn't happened for us yet, which is what I love about time travel. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like everything in the TVA and maybe the multiversal war and maybe everything that's happening in the void could all be outside of time, right? Like, so it doesn't really have to be like, oh, this is before this show or this is after. It could take place like during every single one of them, you know, because it's not really like it's an ongoing thing. Yeah, it's not in time. Like, it doesn't really like it. It's its own little thing. You know, it's like a pocket universe. Almost. And I got to go back and watch that explanation of that because i could have sworn they mentioned some of the the, the creed and the scrolls and that multiversal war thing i gotta double check that mm. awesome um yeah so really looking forward to that this like say two weeks tomorrow um and then we'll have our we'll have our weekly breakdown of the episodes i'm looking forward to that and it's um, your episode premiere isn't it is it i I'm didn't think it was so. yeah me too but <laughs> i think it was <laughs> maybe it is i don't know i didn't it's think still it gonna be six episodes right yeah okay okay yeah six episodes and they're they're the sort of standard length ones as well that kind of 40 uh 45 minutes long mm-hmm. we've we've obviously you know we've become accustomed to six minutes of credits at the end so mm-hmm. <laughs> 37 minutes long we've <laughs> with six minutes of credits in deep in search at the moment that <laughs> look at that look at that search face that's a search face that is <laughs> I just hope that they don't leave us with like a huge cliffhanger at the end of this. Like, oh, you know, I, I know they are. I know they are. But I'm like, please don't do it to me. Like, you know, like I'm just I'm so curious how they're going to do it. Like, I mean, they could almost do two things here where we end up back at the Citadel at like the end of time, almost at the end of this season again, or they <laughs> could go somewhere completely different, you know, and it would be very interesting. You know, you were saying earlier about how this almost seems like Loki's back in the same place again. It's just different stuff. And Mm. you like you just said there, he he, um, finishes this season at the Citadel again at the end of time again. And it just reminded me of Back to the Future, where it's kind of the same thing just happens again. And you just, you're just like, (laughs) it's just happening again. Stop this loop. It's almost like when Marty goes back in time to like, I think it's like 1955 and that, and he sees himself like again. So it's like, you know, it's like he's watching himself like from over there and you're seeing the events of the previous movie of him, like, like waiting for himself to leave so he can run in and pretend to be himself in the past again. It's like weird. Correction a problem that he created in the first place. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the earlier movie. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very much like that. And I think, this is also a really interesting situation because it's given Loki right a second chance of like, hey, maybe maybe we didn't handle this right the first time. Now we get a second crack at trying to handle it a different yeah. way this time and attack this problem differently. And he's learned some things. He's a little bit different after the first season. Sure. Yeah, uh, one episode. Nothing about two episodes. I was wrong. I was thinking because it was similar to our show could be able to do the same thing, but not. Uh, also, too, I, I want to see if we're going to get that Thor-Loki reunion and the sun shine on them again, too, in the MCU. Oh, yeah. Before they reboot all this stuff, we have to have that reunion. I mean, it'll be interesting because let's not forget that this Loki is not the same Loki that we saw, you know, up until the first Loki show. Yeah. So this Loki, the last time he saw Thor, was Avengers. Before, before was arrested yeah. him. Yep. He was to, yeah, he was trying to conquer New York, so... They had none of that bonding that they went through in Ragnarok or or in in the Dark World or in Ragnarok or Infinity War. That didn't happen, mm-hmm. so it'd be interesting. Yeah, I I this will totally not happen, but I think it would just be mind blowing to see this in a theater. But imagine like Kang mentions in Quantum Mania, he's like, "Are you the one with the hammer?" 
talking to Ant-Man. Like, so obviously he knows of Thor, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, imagine he's about to kill Thor and Thor doesn't have his hammer and Loki picks up the hammer and hits Kang with it or something like that. Like, this version of Loki, like, one that's been redeemed almost is now worthy of Thor. It would be one of those things I feel like it would be very interesting to see happen on screen. And people would almost be shocked and love it at the same time. You know? anytime, anytime someone picks up that hammer that isn't Thor, people are shocked. So. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. still think, for me, the best was still uh, Vision in Age of Ultron. Yeah. They're standing there talking, and he picks it up and hands it to him. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and, and everybody just goes. <laughs> I love that, too, because Thor is like literally just telling like Tony before that, like, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what this is going to create. And he's like, well, good work. And just turns around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then he goes, well, okay, let's go. Yeah. Well, well, no, he comes and helps them. Remember the lightning in that yeah. scene? Yeah. Because yeah. Captain America's trying to stop him, but Thor actually helps him because of his vision that he had with uh, Slovik. So mm-hmm. it's fu- it's kind of funny because I know I know what you're trying to say is that up until that point, mm-hmm. no, everyone kind of is a bit doubtful about vision, and then once he does it, everyone goes, "All right, <laughs> he's in." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I love it too because Tony's literally like, "Okay, so like I help create Ultron, so naturally the only way to fight Ultron is to create something else that's like Ultron." And everybody's like, "No, not again!" Like you know, <laughs> so he's like trying to do the same thing again. Is that, but I mean, is that loop again. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, Tony's, like, way is, is he's like, well, we'll just do it again, but slightly different this time. And everybody's like, you are so reckless, Tony. Like, come on. Like, yeah, that's, the, that's the engineer in him, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Again, just change something. Just, just keep keep trying it until it works, right? Chaos monkey engineering. <laughs> <laughs> um, brilliant. Okay. Very much looking forward to Loki season two. Uh, what we got on the, on the uh, side of news, Jaren, we got anything interesting to talk about today? Uh, Secret Invasion. Today they dropped uh, the Assembled episode, the making of Secret Invasion, that is available now on Disney Plus. I'd quite like to see the behind the scenes stuff on the um, the big action scene that they done on the road because that was that was good. I mean, I know that the, the show got uh, got slated for different reasons, and there was good bits and there was bad bits, but that was a good bit of the movie. I really enjoyed uh, of the show. I really enjoyed that. So I'd like to see the behind the scenes. I think it's going to end up being appreciated more later once once things pan out, and that that could start with the Marvels. Maybe not. It depends. Maybe the Marvels could completely ignore Secret Invasion, but I think at some point <clears throat> it's going to be looked back on as a better show with implications that it starts. There, there was one rumor that I saw, and I don't know how true this is, but I absolutely love it. And they were talking about Amelia Clark eventually becoming part of like an Excalibur team, and I love that idea. Like, I think that is, like, I, I don't imagine it to be, like, true, but you see her, like, go and basically, like, kind of leave Nick Fury's side, I feel like, at the end of that, and it seems like, you know, maybe that could happen. Maybe she would be a part of Excalibur. Maybe they form a team like Excalibur, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, she's, like, a powerhouse. So, like, I, I mean, like, I'm not complaining if they do that. I really like that. I think, like, for a character like her, that would be great, you know? From the Facebook chat here, reunite her with Kit Harrington. Yeah, because we need to see where he's at, right? You know, and what's going on after the internals and the blade voice and the post credit scene. You know, we need to see what that comes to fruition with. Just just, just full stop, we need to see where Kit Harrington's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, where is Kit Harrington at the moment? What's he doing? Mm-hmm. Has he been making has he been making shows or, or movies? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like I said, he's been on my screen for the last, like, three months watching Game of Thrones, but I haven't had it uh, for ages. Uh, Icarus Spin 2 on the yeah. screen as well? Yeah. Was it? Not only for a few seasons. 
spoiler alert. They need to do like a, a special presentation for Black Knight or something like that, you know? Like they could totally do like just like it. And they could totally go all the way back to like how like the Black Knight came to be, mm-hmm. how the sword was passed down, and like, you know, he's finally like the one Dane Whitman is the one that's currently holding it, and it could just end with him like going to get the sword or something. Like well, you that could, blade scene. You could have that um you could have that uh, uh the really cool idea that the um intro credits you know like um uh, wolverine origins intro showing you the kind of journey of the sword yeah uh, the journey of excalibur until where we then pick up the show sort of six or seven minutes after our credits and you know you've got a, a voiceover it could be you know king arthur or something talking over it could be blade the... yeah it could be blade yeah because he's seen it or... yep. yeah, exactly that'd be really cool because, yeah i mean and i'll was... go ahead I was just going to say, uh, Blade could have, like, you know, been aware of the sword and been, I mean, Blade's, like, you know, really old. Like, I mean, like, let's say he's been around since, like, the late 1800s, right? Like, he probably knew of the sword back before Dane Whitman had it, back probably when other family members of his had it. And he's probably kept an eye on it all this time. And maybe, like, it's just one of those things where he pops up and he's like, so, you going to use that sword now? You know? <laughs> Well, that, that's where with Blade showing up at the end of Eternal, saying, "Are you sure you want to do that?" I almost wonder if they're going to use the the vampire thing version of the sword instead of the actual real Ebony Blade, mm-hmm. uh, where you know where Dracula, I think, I think if I remember correctly, he was able to manipulate Dane when he used the sword because it was made from the uh, vampire thing. I wonder if that's how they're going to do the sword in the MCU with, with Blade's inclusion like that, because that was kind of a weird his type way to have Blade tied to Dane Whitman and warning him about that sword before mm-hmm. he picked it up. Look! Look how one little tiny piece of news could make us go off on the brand. <laughs> yeah. I had one other thought too. So remember at the end of Secret Invasion, since you mentioned that the Kang scroll variant, mm-hmm. where Amelia Clark goes into that room, there's all those caskets of people. What if mm-hmm. that has some kind of tie into to the Kang scroll variant? Yeah. So yeah, I just see how did they touch any of that in Assemble as well as about that room that she walked into when she was with Sonya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, Deadpool three. Uh, Sean Levy says that they are already editing and finishing the half of Deadpool that was already been filmed. That's good. Okay. That's we edited, but we did manage to shoot. So. Huh. Yeah. Strange. I should imagine they don't do that very often. Yeah. Yeah. Start editing before the the shoot's finished. Maybe they're just trying to do work that they can do. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the comics kid has dropped a hint suggesting that one of the Wolverine variants in Deadpool three might actually be the MCU's Wolverine. The movie will the movie will end, and we'll have a good idea of who the MCU's Wolverine will be. Now, Radcliffe has been <laughs> cast in the movie as a secret role that we don't know yet, and you know his size, he could possibly be Logan going forward. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not gonna complain if he's Wolverine. I mean, you know, like I I don't I think I feel like Wolverine's one of those castings. I, I I keep saying this, but it's like it's so hard. It's like the Fantastic Four. It's like I almost feel like I'm never gonna be happy. Hugh Jackman's been great, right? But we've had Hugh Jackman for so long. It'd be like recasting Tony Stark. Like I feel like it would be one of those things where like if we get Hugh Jackman back in Deadpool three and then have somebody else's Wolverine, people are gonna be like, okay, well that's great, but we don't want them. We want Hugh Jackman more. Yeah. You know, it, like it, it's just never. You know, like you said, uh, it, it's never gonna be Hugh Jackman. It's never gonna be Robert Downey Jr. But yeah, 
just you just got to get over that fact and just go let's just enjoy it because it's just not going to happen mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like that casting is like casting the fantastic four too because it's like you know one of our biggest problems or at least me i feel like is i don't really feel like the fantastic four have ever really been done well mm-hmm. and i i feel like you know michael chiklis was great as the thing i loved him as the thing but like None of those movies have gotten Doom right, and I feel like the castings of Doom have been like, eh, you know, like, and even with, like, you know, some of the the early 2000 Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer and stuff like that, those castings weren't bad, but they just, I don't think that they were as good as they could have been, you know? Yeah, I think that is a slightly different problem. Like, you know, if you was to recast Tony Stark, if you was to recast, you know, Logan, I think mm-hmm. they're slightly different problems to cast in a Fantastic Four. You know, we've already had two people that have been great in those two roles and we haven't mm-hmm. had people, like we said, Chickless was good. But other than that, we haven't really had anybody that's been great in a Fantastic Four role. So, mm-hmm. you know, anybody that's better than them will be good. But is it, are you going to get anybody that's better than Hugh Jackman? I mean, you probably so, would, yeah. but we've got an unconscious bias that he's, he's the original, isn't he? We all, everyone bangs on about, oh, if you know, you remake a movie nearly every single time. The original movie is better according to the masses you know mm-hmm. or the book if it's been a, if it was a book and then it was a movie book's always better doesn't matter it's almost like a default statement like that oh, the book's better well, yeah so yeah. what if there are multiple variants played by hugh jackman and then hugh jackman ends up being the mc wolverine <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy <laughs> uh we'll see we'll see but um you know i, I mean who better to get into play a, a big character and to fill Hugh Jackman's boots than Harry Potter. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other thing too about being recast, I can never see anyone else besides Ryan Reynolds play Deadpool. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, Secret Wars news. Uh, Sean Levy. But there are a lot of rumors about directors and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, Sean Levy, who is directing Deadpool three, um, he made a comments on if he rolled direct or not because there was going around about him. He said, I've heard that rumor, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> not a denial, not a confirmation. So You know, you know what? I, I wouldn't complain if, I mean, the Russo said that the only way they would come back is to do Secret Wars. I wouldn't complain. Honestly, I wouldn't complain if it was a committee. You know, get Daniel Destin, Destin Daniel Cretton back, uh, bring back... Um, uh, Kugler back to help out with some of the stuff because I'm like, you know, you could some of the fight scenes from the Black Panther movies I could see some of that translating well over style well um, into Secret Wars. Some of the stuff Cretton has done with Shang-Chi, he's going to be doing Kang Dynasty, I believe. Um, you know, kind of make it be a committee of directors and let them all bring their talents in. I know, was it uh, last week we talked about Alex, uh, Rami was possibly rumored yeah. to be in for it as well, so... Oh, let them all bring their stuff to it and get an all-star team and let them just work, uh, work together and crush it. Uh-huh. And and it's the type of story if that I, I'll imagine it's the type of story that they're producing would that would would almost have chapters yep. in it. So each chapter could almost be directed different direct, by a different yep. person. Um, you know, uh, forums. You've seen forums? Tarantino, Tarantino yes. Robert Rodriguez, I can't remember who the other two directors were. His usual suspects from his movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. But yeah. They, they, they all, each story in that was directed by a different director. So, you know, you could do it like that. Like, you know, there's chapter one, two, three, and four, and you've got different directors directing different chapters with different teams of Avengers in that chapter fighting a different version of Kang. But all of the chapters kind of, 
you know, come together. together at one. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of well, cool how you saw the different uh, characters in that movie and their stories and how they came together from the waiter yes. to the kids with Banderas and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. it was pretty interesting how they did all that. that that's a great film. I'm, that, that's a great call out too, Andy. I, I feel like they've got this situation too. Like Kang Dynasty is going to be first, right? So that's going to lead into Secret Wars. So we've got Kang Dynasty that can be kind of like the Infinity War, if you yep. will. Like yep. that's where everybody's separate attacking on different fronts and let's say they all fail and this leads into the multiverse being destroyed and everything going to battle world secret wars and all that good stuff but i feel like the beauty in this is you know and i i, I don't feel like people talk about this enough they don't have to tell like all these stories and make them all converge right like all these characters can just be doing their own thing and then just get pulled into battle world and forced to work together and yeah. Battle World can literally just be that, like, just catch all of, they just grab everybody and they just push them in and they're like, all right, there you go. Like, that's, that's, you know, that's Secret Wars. Yeah. And if, if they did that, you know, like, yeah, some people might complain, but you don't actually have to, like, make a really, like, deeply written story where everybody has to be connected. Their connection can just be Battle World. You know, yeah. What well, it, it, it's like you said, with, and I said before about the whole Infinity War thing, somewhere like that, where they have the battle of Wakanda, they have the battle on Titan. You know, you could have a couple more different battles like that. And instead of them dying, they're basically pruned to battle war, and we don't see them again until Secret Wars. Mm -hmm. And you have that really cool opportunity where we can have variants fighting beside their variants, like in Battle World, like we have two Wolverines. You know, like. Maybe we get an old man Steve and, you know, a young Steve Rogers and we get, you know, like um, Sam Wilson as Captain America. We get U.S. agent or something, you know, like we get like Sam Wilson as Falcon and Captain America. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Have, you seen, have you seen the um, the, the YouTube uh, edit where um, it's the uh, uh, end game battle scene and more, you know, Dr. Strange says, uh, you know about oh is that everybody and he says you want more and your one goes yeah and he starts having that all pause and then you know first of all the video brings through like um the x-men like the fox x-men then it brings through like you know um the fantastic four different versions of fantastic four but then it starts getting silly and it starts bringing through then it starts bringing through up like, batman and then it brings through like the delorean and then it brings through like you know like i don't know just like the big friendly giant and it but he just starts bringing all these like the most random thing then like the rock walks through and then like mm. <laughs> and then like he's done then literally everybody's just walking through and it's quite funny that's kind of what i'm getting from this from what we were saying there just literally every person that's ever lived just turns up at battle world yeah, you know, I think what would be, be cool though is that we got multiple Hulks, like Eric Banner's Hulk. Yeah, we got we got both Hulks, um, Ed, Edward Norton's Hulk. We got the Hulk from the first Avengers, the Hulk from the Smart Hulk. Luke, Luke Rigno comes popping out there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I almost feel like we're gonna be like set up here where we're gonna have like something very similar to where we're gonna have that big like final battle like in game and it's gonna be like everybody banning together. These people don't know these people over here. A lot of people met in Battle World. Everybody kind of pulls together. It's like, you know, we're fighting for the multiverse. It's us versus, you know, either one Kang or maybe like multiple, like the Council of Kangs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to see, like, Ramatut. 
um, Scarlet Centurion and um, Immortus, like, mm-hmm. with, like, three armies fighting against all the Avengers and everything. And, like, because it's, like, what's better than, like, Thanos and his armies? Like, three big villains with three armies, you know? Like, and I <laughs> feel like that would be, like, fighting for the multiverse, not just the universe, you know? I, so. I love that. What's better than one army? Two armies. <laughs> yeah. What's better than two armies? Three. Three armies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, cool. Uh, throw the kitchen sink at it, Marvel. That's what I thought. Remember, we we heard the Emperor's Colony mentioned in Secret Invasion, but we never saw the leadership of the Skrulls? Mm-hmm. What if the, the King variant is the leader of all the Skrulls and we get that big Skrull army coming through? No, that would be really cool. Yeah. Yep, that'd be interesting. Um, moving on to El Muerto. Uh, guess what? It's dead. <laughs> um, Bad Bunny confirms that in an interview he's no longer involved with uh, Disney Air, Air, uh, Disney uh, not Disney Marvel's Air Murtho. Uh the movie is officially dead at Sony so. not, su- not surprised really uh, Miss Marvel news uh, actually I'll go with the Marvels here this is the only Marvel's news I have before I get to Miss Marvel yeah I will talk about the Marvel's news real quick because that was some news that came in today so before we get to Miss Marvel, the Marvels, uh, director Nia DaCosta spoke with Taika Waititi, Chloe Zhao, and James Gunn before taking the job. She also texted with Daniel, Destin Daniel Cretton during the production. Of course, Ryan Coogler is one of her mentors. Um, also, the Marvels budget is actually $274.8 million for the budget, which is kind of high up there mm-hmm. for the movies. Could, you know, to compare, Guardians was $250 million for Volume mm-hmm. 3. But $55 million of that budget was a subsidy from the UK. So basically, they only spent $219.8 million. Wow. So, I wonder why they got a $50 million subsidy from the UK. Probably because they filmed a lot of it there, uh, I'm going to guess. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. So, yeah. So we should see. Remember, the first, people were like all gawking out that amount and saying, why is it so high in the Marvels and blah, blah, blah. They forget the first movie, Captain Marvel was a billion dollar movie so mm-hmm. be interesting to see what they do especially c- coming together not just uh captain marvel's movie but coming in with miss marvel coming in with things from wandavision the the fury aspect you know secret invasion you know all those things coming together in a single there's franchise. a lot of there's a lot yeah. of projects that are crossing with that isn't there y- yeah so be interesting to see how this movie does i'm excited for it so mm-hmm. I feel like Monica is going to be like the real sleeper in that movie. Like, I really want to know what's happened with her. Like, you know, like not that she's been put on the back burner, but since WandaVision, like, you know, we've not really seen like anything out of her. So, and it seems like she's going to be a major player. I really think like, you know, at some point. So mm-hmm. I would love to see that, like a little bit more of that character and see them explore what's been happening with her. I also hope we get more history on the the Bengals and what happens if Kamal yeah. gets them both on. Hundred percent. I I want I want to know. I want to know. You know, we've seen we've seen the Bengals there. We've seen them. They look like the Ten Rings. We even had them on the arm of a Cree with the Ten Rings thing round it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know about them Bengals. Go on. I also wonder if we get a Shang Chi cameo yeah. or reference in this film, or he's part of the post credits because. Remember the post credits for Shang Chi was can... Captain Marvel, and and um uh, and Bruce Sanner. Yep, and yeah. So I wonder if that's gonna have any rele- uh, relevance as well for this film. So yeah, yeah. Um, not long either. Yep. November. Yeah. yeah. 
six or seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to Miss Marvel. Uh, Adil El Aribi and Bilal Falal uh, on the current status of season two for Miss Marvel. Uh, we're waiting for the Marvels. That will decide what the next step will be. Right. We're very much looking forward to that. It's great to see the trailers, to see the whole family back, and Iman doing great work. If they ask us to come back to Miss Marvel, we love the universe. Um, we love the characters, and Iman and all the supporting actors there. So it would be an honor to come back and explore that some more. So I, I, I kind of hope you kind of get a, a season two kind of after. I really enjoyed Miss Marvel and the whole family aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd take a season two. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, like they left us with that nice little X Men teaser at yeah. the end, you know. So like, I mean, that always gives it a little boost in my book. I mean, I feel like they're yeah. kind of right and wrong there, you know, with the well, whole inhuman problem, you know. So. Well, in the comics too, with Lewis and Lately, they had the whole death of Miss Marvel as an inhuman, but now she's coming back as an X Men in the comics. So that's, that's cool. Even more thing there with Miss Marvel and her journey, not only in in the MCU, but in the comics as well. Hmm. Yeah, so they're kind of writing that wrong in both the comics and in the MCU. So. Yeah. It also makes you wonder, too, how they're going to do any other Inhumans that they introduce. Like, you know, we already have the uh, Moon Girl in Devil Dinosaur cartoon where she's actually another Inhuman. Mm-hmm. Are they going to, you know, make her an ex uh, mutant and possibly have her come live action to the MCU at some point? I'd love to see her on screen because she's actually one of the smartest characters in, in Marvel. She's up there as one of the smartest characters. So I'd I love to see her and Devil Dinosaur in live action. Um, but also, too, you know, I know we kind of had the whole thing with uh, Multiverse of Madness and Black Bolt. You know, are they going to make him and all the other humans mutants also? Or are we actually going to get proper Inhumans uh, in the MCU at some point? Uh-huh. Yeah. We need to see any humans project at some point. I don't see reason why we shouldn't. Yeah, it needs to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you. Black Wolf Bolt looked awesome in Multiverse yeah. of Madness. Other than the whole, you know, Reed Richards, he, you know, with, with the sound of his voice, he can destroy you. And <laughs> they they did they did more with him in Multiverse of Madness than they did with him in that entire show that they had. Like that show was just like like he he accidentally like kills his parents with his powers, and then he uses his powers to like bring down a building. I think at the end of the show, but that's the only time he ever uses his powers in the show. It's a shame that show came before its time. I think if that it's show was a movie too, now, would have been fine. Yeah, it was supposed mm-hmm. to be a movie. They, I bet you, if it was actually a movie, would have been better too as well because that TV show yeah. was cheeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd like to see Musi's power more. I think he's such a uh, you know when, when you see it in the comics and he uses his power in the comics, it's like one of those moments when when Black Bolt uses. You're like, oh, you know, like clears the field almost. You know, yeah. But you, you know, know what we were saying earlier about when somebody lifts Thor's hammer. Like whenever mm-hmm. somebody lifts Thor's hammer, you're like, "Whoa!" And whenever Black Bolt Black Bolt uses his power in the comics, you're like, "Oh, right, it's serious." Like Black Bolt's speaking. <laughs> that's that's why I love when they had Black Bolt kill Doctor Strange in Multiverse of Madness because it's just one of those things where it's like Black Bolt's power is like an overwhelming force, right? Yeah. Like so, it's just like it just obliterates Doctor Strange, and he's not even going to put up a fight. He's just going to take it, and then you know, it's like that's his execution basically. And I mean, that's that's pretty overwhelming you know it's not it's not easy to kill dr strange yeah yeah which you know i know i bag on agents of shield besides the ghost rider involvement but they did a human a lot better than that tv show as well Mm -hmm. agents of shield did Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah the terror got missed and all didn't they so yeah yeah they really tried to to do something with that but um 
Yeah, no, I'll take a black belt project uh, or a, a humans project. project. Um, the next thing in the news here: Marvel VFX workers have unanimously voted to unionize with the IATSE. So it looks like they're going to get a union for that, and which is great because you know of all the rumblings that we've heard about them and the war conditions. So. Yeah, I think that'd be a good thing going forward, really. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking of Assembled, we now have Secret Invasion, but to go with Secret Invasion, we also have Guardians of the Galaxy 3 on Assembled as well. So if you haven't watched them, you got two episodes out there to watch. Um, Work by Night has been in the news lately. Um, and it's I thought this was going to be some good stuff about we're going to see him back, you know, Jack Russell and, um, and Elsa and Man-Thing. Uh, but... Um, that's not the case. The case is going to be we're going to see more of the same thing, but different. Same, but different. <laughs> um, so it's going to be released on October 20th on Disney Plus in color. Now, I love the black and white in the way that Michael Giochino did this. Um, you know, it had that old school horror film vibe, but I'm kind of interested to see how the color plays out too as well because they didn't use any VFX, I don't think, in this show. It was all practical effects. It was the old school style stuff, so I'm excited to see that in color. But uh, I still have the, I'll probably still have more in black and white. I wonder what sort of color it will be. Whether it will be that kind of washed out, you know, um, sort of '60s movies, yeah, uh, film vibe, or whether yeah. it will be, you know, poppy, you like know, tube TV, like yeah. you're watching an old tube TV. Yeah, yeah. I I almost feel like it. It's they've got like a little bit of an issue, right? Because I feel like the black and white kind of like hides some of the like practical effects flaws. Not that I think that there were any that like stood out to me that I saw that were just so glaring, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you put it in color, they might have to do some little magic, you know. You might see it. Then. Yeah, might, these those ones that didn't stand out in black and white, they might now in color. So listen to this, because Gio Chino did make a, a comment on social media. He said, we spent a lot of time working on this color version. We wanted to pay homage to the incredible vibrant color in horror films like the ones Hammer made. A whole new look for Work by Night. So maybe they did fix that and use a little bit of VFX possibly to do that. It's, it's not just like they've gone, we've got a color tape. Let's just yeah. They actually they, did like, it sounds like they've done some stuff, yeah. Yeah. And somebody pointed it out on the group, this is going to be really interesting for how it plays into the ending where it changes from black and white to color. Yeah. So the opposite. Oh, yeah, I could go. That would be cool. It just goes to black and white. That would be yeah. interesting. I feel like it's um, going to be hard for them to differentiate the two when that happens if it's already in color, you know, like unless they like change the style. It's like an old tube TV to like a clear kind yeah. of like modern day kind of like style of filming or something, you know. Also, too, this will be streaming on Hulu on Halloween. So October 31st, you will be able to watch it on Hulu if you don't have Disney+. Plus. Cool. We talked about Loki, so that's all the Marvel news. Uh, Lando news. So, you know, in the Star Wars stuff now, um, writer Stephen Glover reveals the series is now a movie. So Lando, the next time we see him in his own project, it won't be a series. It will be in a whole movie. And is that still with... Um... Uh, Donald Glover. Glover. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Is Steve Glover is are they related? I uh, don't think so. Sure. I mean, he's obviously Danny's who have a son. Let's look at this up real quick. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. Do you know what? I, I wasn't a big fan of. Um. I'm a. I'm a fan of Donald Glover. I wasn't necessarily a fan of his Lando in, in Solo though. Um. 
But then I've never really been a fan of Lando. I wasn't a fan <laughs> of the original movies, even like the character, I wasn't really a fan of it. Um, so they are yeah. brothers. Ah, sorry. They're there brothers. you go. Nice. I feel like there's a, there's a few characters like that, that I feel like everybody has where it's just like one of those things where, you know, it's they don't really hate, they don't hate the character. They just, or they don't hate the person. They just don't like the character. You know? Yeah, I like. I like. I think Donald Glover's brilliant, but um, I just, yeah, I've just never really. I never liked Lando in the original movies, let alone whether he's going to be in his own one. I'm not sure. I will see it, but we'll see. I liked him in Solo, so I oh, see. I, that was what I'm saying. I, I, yeah, didn't really. Okay, but um, I, yeah. I can't say why I'm laughing. I'll tell you later. Uh, okay, <laughs> it's not. It's not for air content. It's not for air. Um, yeah. Um, but also, uh, Taika Waititi Star Wars film. Um, Taika gave disappointing news at the TIFF uh, Tribute Awards, or TIFF, uh, referring to Sean Levy's upcoming Star Wars film. Unlike me, let's hope he can finish his Star Wars movie, what Titi said. So it sounds like he's not doing Star Wars film anymore for Taika. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm not sure how that would have played out. So I'm not sure that I'm that disappointed about it. Actually, I could, it depends what he did. He, you know what? I think Taika could do an awesome Ewoks movie if they did another like Battle of Endor or another Ewok movie, just the way he did Ragnarok and then he did um, Love and Thunder. I think he could do a pretty fun Ewok movie in the Star Wars universe. So. Did you um, have you seen the uh, trailer for Rebel Moon? Yes, that looks good. That was yeah. It it looks it looks crazy, but I couldn't figure out what was going on because somebody said that was like an an adult Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Stormtroopers <laughs> that can hit the target. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to Aquaman. So we got an Aquaman trailer, uh, actually. Um, yeah, that, that that I don't know what that kid's gonna make it out of there. Um, because you see that uh Black Manta's back and he wants to 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 kill Aquaman and his family. They killed the baby in the comics. Um it, it sounds like people walked out of the early screenings, and it sounds like that's because in those screenings they may have killed the baby in those screen in the early screenings. I wonder if they're going to change that. Uh, in the trailer, you see um, his house being blown up where his dad lives. Um, so you know, I, I could see his dad and, and Mara dying in the final cut, but I don't think they're going to kill that baby. There's no way they're going to kill that baby. I, I I don't think that they can. Right? Like, I get that there's like comic precedents and stuff like that, but like. That's, like, I, I'm sorry, like, I, I, I just, like, I know people call DC, like, dark, but that's, like, a whole new, like, level for them, you know? I mean, the, the Flash, they put a baby in the microwave, so, you know, they... Yeah, but, but, but he did not. In Aquaman. When I watched that movie in theater the first time, I was like, oh, did they just put a baby in a microwave? Like, oh, <laughs> like I, I cringed so hard, I was like, oh, that's so terrible. Like, you couldn't grab something else and put the baby in that, you know? There's like, some wrong things in the Flash. Don't even get me started again on that. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's one of those things where it's, like, this movie is totally, like, being set up that it's gonna, like, Black Manta's gonna try and ruin Aquaman's life. And let's say Mara was the mother. They could have killed Amber Heard off and just... Nobody would have minded. Yeah, and everybody... I guess why it was gonna happen. You know? Like, I think so. her, her and her dad and his dad are the goners in the final cut, probably, is my guess. Mm-hmm. But the trailer looks good, though. I liked it. I'm kind of, you know, excited to see it. You know, the first one also was a was a billion dollar franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't 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 doubt the uh, the Aquaman impact or the Jason Momoa impact because he does bring a lot of cast to. I mean, look at Fast Fast X. 
you know, it, it you know, on a global audience, it did a lot better than domestically. Uh, and he has that following. So I think Aquaman will probably do well. It, it's a holiday film too also. So you got people on break and that kind of stuff. So I could see it doing well. It's funny, like, I'm not the biggest Aquaman fan, and when I watched that movie, I went into it like, oh, great, Aquaman movie, all right, whatever, like, let's watch this. And I was blown away, like, I could not get enough of that movie. Like, some of the shots of Atlantis and stuff mm -hmm. are some of, like, the most beautiful shots. Like, I love those. And uh, that scene where he shows up at the end to fight all the Atlanteans with all the sea life and everything, that was so yeah. awesome, you know? I quite enjoyed, like, I quite enjoyed the first Aquaman movie as well. Yeah, it's very yeah, good. I bring it more of that too in the second one. His brother's back on his side now, it looks like. You know, we're talking we're gonna find more about the the kingdoms. So it looks like it's the lost kingdom and the different ones and the the black trident or the cursed trident, whatever it is that black manta ends up getting. So yeah, mm -hmm. I'm all in. Mm -hmm. But uh James Wan, uh who directs it, did talk about a third potential third film. He says Aquaman the Lost Kingdom sets up elements that a potential third film could draw upon. My goal was always if we could spin off a Seven Kingdoms universe, that would be my ideal dream. Uh, also, James Wan is not saying who is Batman for this movie. And there's been mixed reports about is, is there a Batman or is there not a Batman? And I have kind of seen mixed things from out there in there. But he said there's no comment right now. You're going to have to wait for the movie to come out. Um, he also talked about on the movie's influence. Uh, you can have Vin Diesel to thank for the theme of family in the Aquaman Lost Kingdom. I learned a lot about family from Fast and Furious, you guys, so it's coming into play in a big way. And there you go right there. He's going to suffer some kind of traumatic loss of his family in this film. Yeah. Mm. Probably going to get the spear hand, too. I bet he's losing that hand. I I, so. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I feel like... I, here's the thing with him, like, you know, we're kind of hanging out, like, on a prayer here of, like, maybe we get him as Aquaman more in the future. We don't really know what his future is. So, I mean, if, if he's going to go out and we don't really see any more of Aquaman, give him the, the hook for a hand, you know? Like, I mean, well, make him go out... Hook or a spear? Yeah, well, I guess it's kind of more like a spear, but yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's one of those things where it's like, let him lose the hand, right? Like, have Manta cut it off when they're fighting with the tridents or something like that. Or and his trident ends up being his, his, you know, the tip of his trident. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the they yeah. could do, like, a couple of different things, but, yeah, I mean, like, you've kind of got a really interesting situation where that trident, it seems like Manta's, like, got some sort of power from it, and it seems like he's going to be able to actually kind of challenge Aquaman more in, in this movie, I feel like. You okay, Andy? You're going to turn into a pumpkin. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I'm getting there. Right, we're, we're almost done. We're almost done. Trust me. Uh, moving on past Aquaman, Kite Man. Uh, Kite Man, hell yeah. A spinoff of Harley Quinn is coming in 2024 to the max. Very so cool. it looks like it's an animated, uh, animated series coming. So yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Tim Burton made some comments on the Flash using his Batman and Superman. Because remember, he was tied to, I believe, the Nicolas Cage since a uh, film that that kind of changed hands um he said i think i'm over with the studio they can take what you did batman or whatever and culturally misappropriate it even though you're a slave of disney or warner brothers they can do whatever they want so in my later years of life i'm quite in revolt against all of this <laughs> so he wasn't a fan of using keaton in the flash which honestly i think they missed the boat i understand how they do the whole multiverse through the time travel thing how it changes things have you seen the Flash yet, Andy? No. Go okay. on, carry on. 
in the end, there's an, another Batman they show yeah. um, because he changes stuff. Instead of that Batman they showed, they, sh- they should have brought back Keaton for that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he pops out and, and it's Keaton. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that from Tim Burton, though. Like, that's a typical sort of, you know, weathered, you know, experienced person in a trade speaking, isn't it? He's like, oh, I don't care what they do. <laughs> Let's get on my lawn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know they could have they could have totally brought back Keaton, and they could have just had him sit in the cave, and they could have made Terry McGinnis Batman, and they could have given us a Batman Beyond, and made him sort of like Iron Man, and I feel like it would have like kind of just like made the character get a little bit of like a, a different like uh, style to it, and it would give us a different Batman, and it would be cool to see that in the DCU. You know what would have been would have been really cool though is to get uh, Gordon Levitt's because they've kind of at the end of Bale's trilogy, they kind of you know he said his name was Robin, but then it seemed like Bale passed the torch to him for Batman. It would have been cool to get Gordon Levitt in one of those scenes as Batman. Imagine him as Nightwing. Oh yeah, I would really Nightwing. like. Yeah, I would love to see him as Nightwing. I feel like he'd do a really good job as Nightwing. So. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his him. I, I haven't. Uh, seen him in anything though you know lately at all hopefully we see him in something um bright board bright bird 2 um is in development the producers plan to use ai in the creative process Ugh. so no. i don't know yeah strike that one off then yep mm-hmm. uh barbie it has to pass the avengers at the box office wow yeah, <laughs> Barbie is this racking up money. So there you go. Have you, have you um, seen it yet? No, I have not. I have no. Neither have I. No, I think we. I think we was going to do it at the weekend actually. So yeah, I'm. I'm quite looking forward to it actually. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to come on streaming and then I'm going to watch it. So. Yeah, yeah, probably the good. same. Oh, that's my wife. If if uh, she wanted to go see it and she's like, no, she's like, our daughter wasn't really into it, so probably just wait to come on streaming. So, um. The Gen V, the boys, um, Claudia Dumit, who reprises uh, Congressman Victoria Newman for the live-action spinoff. Um, she says that Gen V will tee up a lot for the boys season four. So it looks like we have two people, or actually three people from the boys showing up here. We have, um, well, so who's the new uh, lady who runs uh, Vought now as, as Ashley? Oh, Nat- Ashley, yeah. Ashley. Yeah, Ashley's in it from the trailer. We already confirmed that the Deep is going to have a cameo in it, and now we're going to get yeah. Victoria Newman as well. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it's going to tee up season four. It also says it lays a lot of groundwork and a lot of the foundations that season four we built on. I remember, Gen V will be kind of a step back a little bit into the past before some of the. I think it's even before season three. The trailer, uh, the trailer looked fun. Mm-hmm. It looked good fun. Yeah, and that's all we have for the news today. Ah. That's been a good show. Enjoyed it. I've enjoyed being back. It's been great. Happy to have you back. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> we'll uh, we've got um, got one more week. Then we're going to be able to talk about Loki on uh, on a week to week basis, which is uh, which is quite exciting actually. Mm-hmm. It almost goes back to where we started. I think the first thing when we started, we had Loki to talk about um, on a week to week basis when we started this show. So uh, it, it takes us back. So um, any final thoughts before we go? When's the show get done? Is it this week or next week? I believe it's I believe it's the week after next. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll have to ask one of our Star Wars yeah. experts, but we'll have to do a Star Wars and a Ahsoka catch up show. 
I haven't watched it yet. I've already been watching when it's all binge watching when it's all done. I haven't seen today's episode, but I've seen everything else. And, uh, <laughs> I'm quite enjoying it. When you're laughing at that, <laughs> he just cracks up laughing. Um, it's been a pleasure. Joran, where can they find us? Yep, you can catch our stream uh, weekly uh, or weekly one, usually weekly, but you can catch our stream live on our Facebook page, one of the Facebook groups uh, on Twitch, on Trovo, on Quick, our Kick, on YouTube, and on Twitter. But if you're on Twitter, we can't see the chat, so make your way over to the other one of the other platforms. Uh, it's all Comics Evolved out there. And then also uh, you can catch stuff, us posting content on Instagram. Uh, and I gotta get, I still gotta get TikTok going. I'm like an old man. I gotta, you know, I'm kind of get used to using TikTok. So, but yeah, comics evolved. Um, also to audio only recap or the whole episodes are always out there on the podcast platform. So any feedback or ratings you can give us, uh, help us do that. Uh, always happy to take any kind of feedback to make the show better. Awesome. And we will be back weekly from now with holiday life is done. We've got to get back to normality. So we'll we'll be there. We'll be there. Um it's been a pleasure. See you again. Take care. Bye. Guys.